Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome everybody to yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, episode 390. We're getting close, y'all. Closer to the big milestone of 400 episodes. Glad to be here on this Friday, June the 3rd, 2022. Boy, we got a great show for you. I am going to get into the meltdown by the Golden State Warriors. That was painful. But Brittany Conway is going to be on the show. Columbus Rapids captain and defender of the women's team. She has taken the time out of her busy off-season schedule to come into the show. And I'm looking forward to talking with her. Going to recap game one of the NBA Finals. The Atlanta Braves put up 13 runs against the Rockies. Do they still have that oil change deal for the Atlanta Braves? I'm just wondering about that. The LaGrange College Panthers are in Game 1 of the D3 College World Series tonight against Trinity. You got the Columbus Chattahoots taking on the Chakalaka Monsters today in Oxford as opening day in the Sunbelt League starts today. And of course, you could hear that game on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, as Zach DeBozart will be doing play-by-play. Uh, he's been a guest on this show. And I'm looking forward to going to the opener tomorrow. Uh, I expect to see a big crowd at Historic Golden Park. I am excited about the Columbus Chattahoot season. And really, in this podcast, I'm going to break down the games. I mean, it's, it's going to be like uh, highlights and... You know, so you are going to get to know your Columbus Chattahoots much better on this show. All right, so I've had a pretty busy week. I've had a good week of guests. Yesterday I had the voice of the Columbus Lions, Jared Dillard. So we decided to do a double podcast. We normally do our weekly podcast for the Columbus Lions. I said, hey, Jared, you mind if uh, you stick around just for a little bit? And we try to knock out this podcast for my regular podcast because I'm looking for a guest. And he was like, yeah, sure. And so he is more than just the Columbus Lions announcer. He is really big into high school football, especially at Auburn High School. And we really get into high school football, and it's really fun. You should check it out. I also had... The manager of the Columbus Chattahoots, Steve Smith, on the podcast. So this is a very rare week where none of my regular guests have been on this week. I'll reach out to them. I'll try to get them on next week. Uh, trying to tone things down. And we got the summertime. You know, the kids are out of school. My kids are getting ready to do some camps. We've got some big events coming up. Of course, the Columbus Rapids are having their clinics and their tournaments. It's going to be in July. We've got Russell County High School football having a golf tournament June the 24th. And it's food truck day in my neighborhood. Oh, it's so exciting. I can't wait for the food truck day. And uh, maybe the Columbus State women's basketball coach might make an appearance. I'm so excited about this show. You could tell in the dictation of my voice. I'm not doing so well after watching game one of the NBA Finals. I'm shocked. Completely stunned. 
I don't understand how the Golden State Warriors take a 12-point lead into the fourth quarter. The Celtics just would not stop scoring. They went on a 17-0 run, and they shot the lights out. Al Horford found the fountain of youth. The Boston Celtics outscored the Golden State Warriors 40-16 in that fourth quarter. And the Boston Celtics win game one, 120-108. Steph Curry was amazing in that first quarter, but he got shut down in the second. Boston does a great job switching. There were no shots that were easy for the Warriors. And I thought the Warriors played well except in that fourth quarter when that was just a complete meltdown on their home court. That usually happens on the road, but that happened on their home court. Boston gets home court back And now I think the Boston Celtics win this series in six. I said the Warriors were going to win it in seven. Boston took game one. That is huge because now the Warriors are going to have to make adjustments. Game two is a must win for the Golden State Warriors. Then the Warriors have to find a way to steal one in Boston. I'm a big Warriors fan, but I'm a realist. I know that this is not the same team that won titles in 15, 17, and 18. Of course, 17 and 18, they had Kevin Durant. I mean, that helped. But this Warriors team, even though they're a little bit more experienced, they're going up against a juggernaut of a defense. This could be the greatest defense I've ever seen. And I think this Boston Celtics team reminds me of the 2004 Pistons. I think that the Celtics win the NBA title. They win their 18th championship. They take over the Lakers. Boy, if you're a Lakers fan, it's got to be really low this morning seeing the Boston Celtics win possibly get closer to winning another NBA title, another championship for the city of Boston. NHL playoffs last night, the Colorado Avalanche, they get a big 4-0 victory over the Edmonton Oilers. And I think the Stanley Cup Finals is going to be Colorado and New York. That's going to be a great Stanley Cup Final. Not that I don't want to see Colorado and Tampa Bay. I think that would be a, a good Stanley Cup Final as well. Tampa Bay, of course, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. But I think this is the Rangers' time. I think the New York Rangers have all the momentum. And Colorado, they haven't won the Stanley Cup since 1996. I can't wait for that ESPN 30 for 30 when they talk about the rivalry between Colorado and the Detroit Red Wings in the 1990s. That was such an amazing rivalry. Patrick Raw, the best goalkeeper of all time. Joe Sackick. Colorado had such a great team. Of course, they used to be the Quebec Nortradiques, and I can't wait to see that documentary. I'm a big hockey fan. I mean, I know so does Zach DeBozart. I have I've had him on the show. We've talked hockey, and it's just been amazing. Well, hey, the Atlanta Braves put up 13 runs against the Colorado Rockies thanks to Travis Darno's grand slam. He had six RBIs. Ian Anderson gets the win despite giving up five earned runs, but the Atlanta Braves. In the win column, two in a row. Let's keep up this momentum. It is fitting to put up 13 runs in Colorado. So on yesterday's show, I just had a straight guess. I didn't talk about any of the local angle. I was very privileged to cover the NAIA World Series. The offices of the NAIA gave me press credentials. Congratulations to the Oklahoma City Stars for beating Mobile. They were in the winner's bracket all the way until the end. Mobile had to win two games on Wednesday. But Oklahoma City is your NAIA softball champions. And it seems like Oklahoma City, which I said on Twitter, they are the New York Yankees of the NAIA. Oklahoma City wins 
multiple championships. They've been doing it for the past 20 years. I went to a small NAIA school named Freed Hardman University. And every time we play Oklahoma City, the Lady Lions basketball team, they played them in the championship one year. And Oklahoma City is just a juggernaut, and they win another title. Well, the LaGrange College Panthers, they're already in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, as they are taking on Trinity University in Game 1 of the D3 College World Series. Today, you got the Columbus Chattahoots taking on the Chocolaca Monsters tonight. You could hear that game on WQEE. I'm excited about tomorrow's game at Historic Golden Park. I have not gotten my tickets yet. Hopefully, I can reach out to Sidney Vadney, uh, the Rapids player who also works in the ticket office at Ignite Sports. I expect to see a lot of fans out at Historic Golden Park tomorrow, and it should be just an exciting atmosphere as the Chocolaca Monsters come into town. Who gets the start for the Chattahoots? Is it going to be Ryan Middleton? Is it going to be Clay Weatherly? Uh, we shall see. But they have to make that trip up to Oxford to take on the Chocolaca Monsters tonight. We also had the Softball College World Series yesterday. UCLA gets stunned. We got the regionals going on today. I'll try to recap all that next week. Hopefully we'll see who can advance to the Super Regionals and then to the College World Series. One of my favorite events. That's one of the bucket list events. I would love to go to Omaha to see the College World Series. It's one of those events that I would just love to just be a part of. I love being a part of the NAIA World Series here at Columbus, and I think Omaha does a great job with that event. Of course, the defending champions are the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and as they're trying to punch their ticket to Omaha here in the College World Series. Auburn's hosting a regional. You got Kennesaw State in the Hattiesburg Regional. Like all the teams in Georgia, all the local teams are in regional, so hopefully they do well. Of course, Bryce Kuhn is the voice of Georgia Tech baseball. Georgia Tech is in the Knoxville Regional. They're number two seed. Good luck to the Yellow Jackets. You know, I really didn't see it coming. I was in complete shock. Did anybody see the match yesterday? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in a golf match. This is always a popular event. Aaron Rodgers is clutch. He's actually a pretty good golfer with the birdie putt. And as I expected, the San Francisco 49ers sign running back Frank Gore to a one-day contract to let him retire as a San Francisco 49er. Third all-time rushing leader in the NFL with 16,000 yards, five-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl appearance. I really wanted Frank Gore to get a ring. I thought that they got a steal in the draft. He had injury problems at the University of Miami. They drafted him in the third round in the 2005 NFL draft, and he just came out the gate his rookie year. I remember, they were 4-12 and that year. Rookie head coach Mike Nolan, Alex Smith, disastrous rookie year, one touchdown, 11 interceptions, but Frank Gore... Showed promise. They beat the Rams. They beat the Texans. They were not supposed to win any games. And they won four games that year. The following year, Frank Gore makes the Pro Bowl. They go 7-9. and And every single year, because you remember, I watched the 49ers through all their turmoil in just a decade of losing. It was just awful. When Terrell Owens left in 2003, I had to witness 2-14 and with Dennis Erickson. 
four and twelve with Mike Nolan. They saw some promise in 06 going seven and nine. And they saw promise in uh, 09 when they had Mike Singletary and they went eight and eight. But Frank Gore is the best running back in 49ers history. Better than Joe Perry, better than Roger Craig, better than Garrison Hurst, better than Ricky Waters. There's no question that Frank Gore is the best running back. Now, can anybody duplicate what Frank Gore has done? The 49ers have a pretty good second-year running back in Elijah Mitchell. We'll see how it goes. I was hoping that Raheem Mostert can be that back, but he is now with the Dolphins. With free agency and stuff, I don't think it's going to be easy, especially with the shelf life of running backs. I don't think anybody can duplicate the longevity that Frank Gore had, not only with the 49ers, but when he went on to play with the Colts, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. I mean, he has not been on the 49ers since 2014, and yet he still played on seven more years. So congratulations to him. He's a Hall of Fame running back, and he is definitely going to be a San Francisco 49ers Hall of Famer. Well, I think it's about time to go ahead and get Brittany Conway on the show. I cannot wait. So stick around. We'll be back with... Columbus Rapids captain, Brittany Conway. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill and Go Jump and Slide Inflatables. And on the show, I am really excited about this guest. It's Columbus Rapids captain and defender of the women's team, Brittany Conway, you know her as number five, very durable player for the Columbus Rapids. We're in the offseason right now. Brittany, I just wanted to check up on you and see what you've been doing in the offseason. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on the podcast. Yeah. So I, since season ended, really have just been focusing on work and doing some off training, you know, practice and touches on the ball, really. Uh, just looking forward to see you know, what, what will be next as well as figuring out, you know, how can we as a team come together and train, you know, more systematically, but no, other than that, things have been really good. Well, Brittany, I was really excited about the inaugural season, uh, calling your games on the CTV beam and you had a very memorable goal. Of course, I did not make the call. It was Matt Austin. And just to take a message out of his playbook, he described your goal as an absolute missile. And I remember it was your first goal of the season. You guys were playing Memphis. Yeah, that that was a that was a really fun goal. That was a fun goal. That was a good game. And you've been the most durable player on the Columbus Rapids. Uh, I believe you and Megan Byers uh, appeared in more games than any of the Rapids. Uh, you didn't miss a game, did you? No, I didn't. I was there okay. for all 18. Yep. That is amazing. You were committed to the team. What was that experience like, traveling on the road, getting to know your teammates? I think the highlights of traveling are those really unique opportunities to get to know your teammates, especially with a brand new team. Everyone's coming from different backgrounds. Some people are just graduated from college. Others, like, it's been a minute since we played in a competitive state. So, you know, I think there's naturally some, like, awkwardness when 
in a new group, but those road trips really did provide opportunities for us to get closer. Low lights. Um, <laughs> we had a we had a really crazy bus. Uh, the bus was not great. Um, and our first road trip, it broke down. And so we were on the side of the highway in Tennessee for about, I want to say, with something extreme like five or six hours. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, I called my sister because my sister lives in the Memphis area. She brought us food. And so, like, even Megan's parents brought food. Boogs was like, what can I do for y'all, like, while we were waiting for this bus? So, like, that was problematic and not what I would, what would be ideal. But, like, I think that's where I go back to those unique opportunities. Like, we got to truly bond. So we played games on the bus. We got to get to know the men as well. Um, So I think we made the best out of that situation for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about your head coach, head coach Miguel Galindo. He was very active all season, continuing to sign players. I actually thought that the addition of Maddie Peterson and Maddie DeFranco really made a difference. He only played in three or four games, but they were already scoring goals. I believe Maddie Peterson scored a goal in her debut. What is this team going to look like next year? Of course, there's some players that won't be returning. Uh, You said right before we got on that you plan on returning. We haven't had a schedule yet for the 2023 season, but what does that mean signing those players? And I know that coach Galindo has a vision for what this team's supposed to look like in 2023. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Being able to find players that could contribute in such a positive, great way. Um, I'm not sure for a lot of the gals, um, it, like, I think the ones that were still in college or the ones like Bree Conley going off to college. So like there might be some stuff in the air, but I hope more so than anything else that most of the girls stay or that we get new people interested, especially in the women's game that like the more people that we can have, whether that means like, hey, we have a starting roster or a starting team and then we have reserve players that just helps the women's game uh, become better. So I'm like definitely hoping for like more development in that sense. And then, yeah, just spreading the word about the women's game and getting more players. I think that's just an awesome opportunity for sure. Now, Brittany, you know, me as a stats guy. So I know that you had four goals and three assists. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's according to the website, but you also have Olivia Gerald. Uh, She was the MVP in the NISL Casey Hall. Whenever she had an opportunity to play made a huge impact. Emily Burke had some clutch moments in overtime. You talked about Brianna Conley. Congratulations to her. Georgia Southern in the fall got a scholarship. I don't think she's going to be back next season, but uh, Brittany, uh, I believe when this team was completely healthy that you were capable of beating any one of the teams in the NISL. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, we have like such a great talent. It was like such an opportunity to play with all those women, what they brought on and off the pitch. I just, it's just awesome. It's just really cool to be a part of something that everyone's like very motivated and oriented towards the same goal. Um, it never felt like, um, I would say, how would I describe it? I, I don't think it ever felt competitive in a bad sense. It was more of like, hey, let's all get better together versus I want to be better than you. 
Um, so I think like that was just really awesome, really motivating. But yeah, when we had everyone healthy and we had our subbing down, uh, we were a very powerful group. We, especially when we were able like to play together, to connect on the field. And I think we also had a strength of not, we don't just have one person that can score. There's multiple people that have the ability to score and put it away. So yeah, that's like, I'm really looking forward to build on that momentum and like refine different aspects of our game too. Also, Brittany, being a professional athlete in the city of Columbus, it's a great time to be a professional athlete in the city of Columbus. Right now, we have four professional sports teams. Of course, I I plan on going to the Chattahoots tomorrow. I went to game one of the Federal Prospects uh, Commissioner's Cup against the Columbus River Dragons taking on the Watertown Wolves. A pretty cool moment. I ran into Olivia Gerald, Bria Riancho, and Haley Ryan at the game, I think it's awesome that your teammates were supporting other professional teams in Columbus. Oh, yeah. I think that's something we definitely try and do. Um, and they're also fun. They're really fun games. Like, I've been to a couple Chattahoots games as well as River Dragons games, too. And um, it helps that, you know, Sydney gets us free tickets. So you can't complain when that happens. Oh, I do appreciate Sydney Vadney. She works yeah. at the ticketing office. Uh, definitely going to reach out to her. I'll probably see her on Saturday <laughs> to try to get tickets to the game. Yeah. She, she does a great job with uh, Ignite Sports and uh, just a wonderful player. I mean, she's one of those players. Uh, hopefully, she'll be back next season as well. Um, we don't have a schedule yet for the 2023 season, and we don't have expansion teams yet. Uh, I just I heard that the season is going to start right around December. It might even start right before Christmas. But I know that you are training in the off season. Are you planning on joining any other leagues to to get ready for the twenty twenty three season? Yeah, I'll probably. I, I like to describe myself as like a soccer junkie. I love soccer so much that. I love playing pickup. I love playing whether it's in any of the adult leagues. I've trained with men's teams before just to get additional touches on the ball. Um, So like really anything that I can do where I can really start to hone in on my skills would be fantastic. Uh, I also through the rumor mill sounds like we'll be able to train at the civic center. I don't know how true it is, but I would love the opportunity specifically to train on an indoor field. I think that would really help us out as a team and even individually as players. I believe you might be able to train at the Civic Center. Right now, the Columbus Lions are in action and they have a football field, which is the same turf as the soccer field. Of course, this summer, they're going to have pickup leagues and clinics and tournaments. So yeah, there's a really good opportunity, a really good opportunity that you're going to be able to train at the Civic Center. It just is going to be a football field. You know what? Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. I ain't complaining. All right. So let's switch gears. I want to I want to get to know uh, Brittany Conway that came out of Seattle. Wash. You're from Seattle, right? Washington. Yeah, I grew up in Snoqualmie, Washington, but Seattle also works. All right. So you went to college at Eastern Washington. The Eagles in the big sky. They're known for that red turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great alumni like Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. Pistons point guard Rodney Stuckey and one of my favorite sports talk show hosts of all time, Colin Cowherd. Absolutely. Yeah. Eastern. It was awesome. It was such a cool experience to be play, to be able to play at that level. 
as well as like my teammates there as well. Um, Oh, yeah, it was just a great experience. The red field, we didn't play too much on the red turf, but I do have a belief if you look at it for too long, it kind of hurts your eyes. So you kind of have oh. to get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you, coming from Washington State, end up in Columbus? Yeah, I, so playing soccer, I, you know, I was getting to my four years and, you know, I was going to graduate soon. And I was like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? I had, you know, I was like studying school, exercise science. And then I was ended up training a professor's daughter in soccer. And uh, yeah, I was training a professor, his daughter in soccer. And it just so happened that he had a uh, grad assistantship open. And so he said, do you want to study performance psychology? And I was like, I don't know what to do next. So sure, why not? And so that's when I really dove into the science behind performance psychology. And because I always knew that the mental side mattered. I just didn't know the research and literature and science behind it. And so uh, my grad advisor told me about this job of you can teach performance psychology skills to soldiers in the army. And day one of grad school, I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. Like that sounds really cool to me. And so I naturally wanted, by the time I graduated, I naturally wanted JVLM, which is in Tacoma, Washington. So I wanted to be closer to my family, but the contract at the time only had openings at a bunch of different installations. One of those installations being Fort Benning. So I did my research and I was like, you know what? I think Fort Benning is the best choice. And so that's what brought me down here. I've been here for over five years now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Now you are a Seattle sports fan, right? You like the Kraken. You like the Seahawks, the Sounders, the Mariners, the Supersonics when they were still there. Uh, am, I, am I correct? You, you like Seattle sports? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounders till I die. And, you know, Seattle Sounders are a very good uh, team. Uh, the Kraken, first year in the NHL. Brittany, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. Please don't hold that against me. I know that <laughs> we've had some crazy rivalries in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably were in jubilation. I was in disgust yeah. when, Rich, when Richard Sherman tipped that ball from Michael Crabtree. Oh, yeah. I remember that. What a great time, at least for me. What a great time. Well, you got a Super Bowl out of it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, of course, I, you know, I was very bitter about that because I felt the 49ers should have won. But I how how sad are you that like Russell Wilson is no longer a Seahawk? Yeah, that when I first heard it, I had a friend text me and I thought they were lying. I was like, stop, like, hush, stop, stop messing around. And then when, uh, yeah, I started like showing up on, on Instagram and everything, I was like, oh no. So yeah, I was definitely, uh, had to like process that for sure. I understand. I mean, it's, it's hard. He really saved that franchise because I think that, Russell Wilson is probably the most special and most gifted quarterback that I've ever seen. And uh, I mean, you, you guys had a great team with Marshawn Lynch and mm-hmm. the Legion of boom. And it made the rivalry fun. I really enjoyed watching the 49ers and Seahawks. Like I would actually be glued to the couch 
watching every single 49er Seahawks game. I know that um, your time is going to come, especially the Seattle Mariners have the longest postseason drought. And, you know, I'm rooting for them to, to make the playoffs. And, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, hoping, hoping here. Maybe one of these days. And uh, maybe someday you'll get the Sonics back. I, that was the biggest puzzling move. You being a Seattle sports fan, when the Sonics left, that was completely shocking. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, I know a lot of people very upset about that move. Mm-hmm. Dark day in Seattle. Very dark day. And, but the Seattle Storm, the two-time WNBA champions. So you got something to, to oh, look yeah. forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the Storm, but then we also have the Seattle Rain, which is a professional outdoor team. And just seeing those women be just awesome and great. It's just very inspiring. Love seeing that too for women's sports. All right, Brittany. So I got to ask you about this upcoming 2023 season. What are the expectations for the Rapids? Of course, you don't know what the other teams are going to be. The defending champions are the Memphis Americans. We're not sure what their team's going to look like. I know Ashlyn Jones really didn't even play toward the end. Uh, Their team could completely change. Fayetteville, could get better. You got the Rome Gladiators. They're finally going to play home games. But what is this league going to look like? And what does it mean to you to be an ambassador for the NISL in year two? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think on some level, it feels surreal when people bring up, you know, you're the first women to you know, be part of this league, to, you know, start history, to create this legacy. So I think on some level, it, it it definitely at times I'm like, whoa, that's actually really cool. That's really motivating. It's very optimistic as well. You know, especially when we talk about the women's game. Uh, I'm just hoping, I think my expectations is that it just continues to build, build and forging pathways for other women to play and like inspiring kids as well to continue playing Um, I just think that's really cool to be a part of, you know, one of my values is being someone that makes a positive impact. And so while I would love to win the championship for sure, that's obviously a goal, but I think like any time I'm able to make a positive impact, whether that's at practice and like just being happy to see my teammates and like them being happy to see me. I love that. Or like, playing a competitive game against another good team. And what I don't, I don't really mind what the result is. Obviously, I want to win, but like at the end of it, making that positive impact, like, hey, we played a good game and it was solid soccer. I think that's what I'm hoping to continue to do. Well, we are very thankful that there is a women's professional team in Columbus. Uh, you guys have been great role models for my two daughters, trying to get them into soccer, but uh, hopefully uh, someday. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, yeah, someday, someday. <laughs> all right, Brittany, thank you so much for being on the show, and good luck next season, and, and hopefully your off-season workouts uh, continue to progress, and we look forward to seeing you back on the pitch at the Columbus Civic Center sometime in December. Awesome, yeah, thank you again so much. It was really fun. Thank you. All right, that was Columbus Rapids captain and defender Brittany Conway of the women's team. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. 
You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.